Hello, this is Alex Granados, reporter for Education NC, and you're listening to Ed Talk. Today we're talking with Leslie Coe, Director of Technology for Cardinal Gibbons High School. Leslie, thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me. And uh, so how long have you been with Cardinal Gibbons? I've been a Cardinal Gibbons since fall of 2012. And uh, tell me a little bit about how you've seen the use of technology change in that time. I, th- I would say we've had a really rapid growth and shift at the school because we have increased our access to the technology at the school. Uh, the school had a vision for all students having a device at some point, and they had started giving teachers laptops prom- years before I came here and having teachers sort of comfortable with using that technology and having that available when I got here, we already had projectors in the classrooms, and we were under construction for new areas and exploring new pieces, knowing that our foundation was heading towards a one-to-one program. And uh, what do you, when you think of technology at Gibbons, what do you think of as kind of the hallmark of how it's used? Um, I think the hallmark for us is that we don't, we don't treat the technology any different than any other teaching tool has ever been treated. And I think that that's really allowed our teachers and students to explore and be successful without pressure. We don't measure based on how much technology did you use today? What tool did you integrate today? We treat our laptops and our technology the same way we've traditionally treated textbooks or calculators or pencils. It's just part of the learning experience. It's just part of our reality. It's not a a different thing. And I think that that has really eased pressure on, on all sides of that. Um, and technology is being integrated more and more in schools across the state, across the country. Um, how do you think technology is changing the way we educate children? Um, or is it? It's an interesting question because I think you can, you can go at that one a few different ways. Um, I think in some ways it opens opportunities that we couldn't bring to classrooms before. I think it sort of evaporates the classroom wall. I think you could go places or bring field trips or bring things into the classroom that you couldn't bring before, but I don't know that it's fundamentally changing teaching on its own, and I think it's not fair of us to put that kind of pressure onto the technology itself. I think the technology allows us to do some other things we couldn't do as easily before. I just think it's unfair to say that technology itself is changing. I mean, I think we'd also be unfair to say that the world isn't changing with the development of technology and how it how we get to that point but i i guess i'm looking for the day where we don't ask that question okay i am looking for the day where you're not asking me how did the pencil change the classroom how was the calculator changing classroom how did textbooks like it's just it's part of our reality there um i think that technology is changing the classroom in ways we're not talking about i think technology is putting us in a place where students can they will have to learn some troubleshooting They're going to have to learn how to critically think and problem solve because of their technology. And I think that that's the part sometimes we're not talking about. Instead, we use things like digital natives and digital immigrants. And I just don't think that that's that's where our focus needs to be anymore. I think it really is about how do they ask for help? How do they get soft skills as a result of having that technology as part of their lives? How do they develop these other skills of who they are as people? So what does that look like? Um, You know, you're talking about technology changing classrooms in ways that we don't think about. Right. What does that look like? Um, I think to use your technology, you have to understand your technology to a certain degree. You have to know, you don't have to know your basic troubleshooting. Um, I think for a lot of our students, 
they're growing up in that time where they've they don't know a time before iPhones, before cell phones, before those things. So for a lot of times, we make a lot of assumptions about what they do and don't know about their technology. Well, they've always grown up with it, so they know how to use it. Yes and no. They do know how to use it, but they don't always know how to critically think about it and how to make the best use out of it. And I think that that's our job, to teach them that. And, but that's, those are like these foundational skills of sort of life. Can they critically think about something? Can they troubleshoot their way around it? So one of the th ways we've tried to approach that here is through our STARS program and through our collective ownership of the devices. I couldn't, I mean, for 2,000 devices, I couldn't hire enough people to support each of those devices. That wouldn't be possible, but it wouldn't help them either. It would be enabling rather than teaching. I think it is our job to collectively own responsibility for our devices and our technology and collectively know sort of how to troubleshoot that. If my projector is not working in my classroom, yes, there is a support system for that, but there's some basic things that, is, well, that a teacher needs to know how to do at this point to get that projector to work. There are basic things that a student needs to know before they go and say, hey, I can't get on the internet. Well, what does that mean? What are you actually asking? What have you done? What have, have you rebooted? Have you done those sort of basic things? What does it mean I can't get on the internet? You can't launch a browser? You can't connect to the Wi-Fi? Like, I want that language to be just part of our language. And uh, you mentioned the STARS program. Mm -hmm. What is that? Um, the STARS program launched out of uh, an existing program at the school before I came here. There was a small group of students that were interested in sort of supporting some existing technology and at the time they were really only able to help teachers kind of build their their class websites or work on that piece because we had a few computer labs and teachers had laptops but students really didn't have devices and we didn't have the infrastructure for devices at that time uh, so then it evolved into what is now the stars program it's an acronym that stands for student technology assistance resource <laughs> which came nicely into stars <laughs> it's a student supported student-run help desk, but we're really trying to grow that program into a bunch of different areas, and um, I know that's a podcast, so it's hard to see, <laughs> but we are developing curriculum for that right now as to what, what path, because it's, SARS is such a large concept. Um, it's a place where you go when you need a lunar laptop. It's a place you go when you're having computer trouble, and it's where students image and troubleshoot machines, but it's also where students can learn about social media and they can run the STARS Twitter account and they can basically anything that sits outside of a explicit curriculum for a classroom, they can come there and do that because we see it as a service organization to the school. Well, we'll learn things on both sides. So STARS will learn how to interact with their customers, but customers are going to also learn how to interact. And we've really seen the shift so we're in that third year now, the one-to-one. -one. We're in the beginning. When we ran our mid-year updates, um, students would, they just wouldn't run Windows updates. They wouldn't do things. They would just hand over their computer. And now when they walk up for help, they say two really important things. I ran my updates and I rebooted. And already it's, like, it's such a huge shift. And I feel like that's such a huge success for us. They're going to leave and go to college. They're going to go to the workforce. And they're going to know their basic levels. I'm not saying that every job you have to be great at all things computers, but you have to know your basics to really, to get the help you need and to be able to articulate what your problem is and what kind of assistance you might need. So we're really growing that program and we're working at it 
in a few different angles. We're partnering with some local companies. We are trying to really grow the customer service aspect and a service to the school because it really does build on that foundation of the school of leadership, the faith, service, and leadership being the three tenets of the mission. Um, it's a it's a service organization that's sort of, that services the whole school. They do event support sometimes. They it's kind of you know there, there's no limit to what what they can do. Um, so if a visitor were to come into Gibbons and were to start popping their heads into classrooms, give me some examples of how they might see technology used. Ah, uh, gosh, they, I think they would see such a such a variety. I think some days they're going to walk in and they're going to see students writing on paper. <laughs> and I think some days they're going to see students with their their devices flipped over and they might see them drawing and graphing in tablet mode. Uh, oftentimes they will see students with a cell phone and a laptop videoing on one device, transferring that over and collecting their notes for a lab. That we have a robotic space, they might see that in some spaces. Um, I know some of our language classes use it a lot to do their recordings. So they might see some language recording happenings. So we've got some uh, virtual field trips that teachers have been doing. We've been very heavy on the integration of some of the Google tools uh, because also a part of our mission says that we are college prep. We use Office and Google because that's what our universities are doing. We've been partnering with universities to find out what skills they're looking for and what are their expectations when students come in and what are they using. Uh, I think sometimes you'll see some interactive uh, projection and Sometimes you're just going to see discussion. You're going to see book reading, or <laughs> I mean, I, I think you just still see the whole. You see, teaching is what you see, <laughs> and learning, and you see that kind of interaction. I think it just it changes. And like I said earlier, I think because we didn't say to teachers, well, we expect to see this many measures of technology. No, we don't expect to see that. What we expect to see is teaching and learning, and we want to see that support that. And so you mentioned earlier that you'd like to see schools get to a place where people are no longer asking, how are you using technology? It's just kind of fully integrated. Um, so give me like, like 10 years out, mm -hmm. what would technology in the classroom look like? What, what would that kind of not questioning the use of technology be? So there was a point in education in the recent past where they introduced this thing that had this light bulb and these little plastic sheets on top, right? <laughs> these overhead projectors that we thought were revolutionizing education. And then there came a day where nobody thought about those anymore. They were just part of the classroom. And I think that that's what we're gonna start seeing with our technology. It's just, it's just becomes part of the classroom and I think we're gonna get ourselves to a point where a classroom experience will be sort of immersive. Um, I'm really interested in seeing what the, some of the virtual reality technology evolves into, but not in the sense of just a bunch of kids sitting around in headsets. I think they're still going to have this teacher experience, but I think the whole room will be immersive. Like you will be able to walk into a classroom and if a teacher wants you to learn about a cell that day, then you are going to be inside of a cell. <laughs> and if they want to take you to Spain, you're going to Spain. And if they want you to just be in the classroom, then you will just be in that classroom. But I think it'll just, it'll just be there. It'll just be part of what we do and we will just use the right tool at the time and I don't think we're going to notice it anymore. In the meantime, you and other schools are yeah. trying to find ways to integrate technology in the classroom. Tell me about some of the uh, unexpected challenges and unexpected benefits that come with that. 
I think some of the unexpected benefits is that you act, with technology, there's often a lot of just tech failure. Not necessarily in the part of teaching, but sometimes because that's teaching. Teaching has plan A and B and C and D. That, that's teaching and that's that process. But sometimes the tech, it fails. And I think that that is, for, uh, I think that that's a, a really fortunate thing that tech fails because it gives us a chance to be flexible, to bounce back, and to take that as a learning opportunity altogether for both the teachers and the students. I think that when our tech fails, I think it's good for us. I, th I think it helps us be resilient. That's the word I'm looking for. Um, I think some of the challenge is that we make some assumptions. And I think some of our assumptions are, un we are unfair to ourselves. We make assumptions that a lesson will be successful if the technology works, and, th and it may not be. We make assumptions that based on age or assumed life experiences that people have different adeptness at their technology and I think that that's not fair on all sides of that. I think that teaching pedagogy and teaching knowledge will make us great at using the technology and I don't I don't think that just because you can turn your computer on and you can do things with it that makes you necessarily able to transfer that knowledge correctly using the technology and that's sort of what I was talking about a little bit earlier with students. We make Sometimes we make assumptions about them. Well, they have, they have iPhones, so, and they have cell phones. Why, why can't they, they, they can use their computer? Well, we've made it so easy sometimes that they don't get some of that critical thinking of where is that file saved? How did that app get here? <laughs> what, could, what could be interfering? What are these things that are happening that might cause this problem? And they lose some of that um, sometimes. So I think that that's an, uh, the, the assumption and the unexpected part that you have to kind of constantly challenge is teaching is still teaching no matter what our tools are teaching is the ability to relay content and increase the the ability for another human to want to learn and to continue to want to learn whether there's technology or not <laughs> um, and I think that we put a lot of now we put a lot of pressure on the technology you know, and to me, it's how that, that, that technology is just augmenting that experience, is enhancing it. And it, of course, it can do amazing, cool things, and I can't wait for all of them. <laughs> but the teacher is so much of that. And so we, we've, you've kind of talked about this a little bit, but I want to ask more specifically, what do you think is the base level of familiarity in our world <laughs> that students need to have with technology? <laughs> um, I think that if we can teach students to be critical thinkers and problem solvers and troubleshooters and not afraid not afraid to click or touch or try I think they can learn any technology I think the tech will follow I think we have to collectively move our focus off the tech itself and work on those foundation those foundational skills that make us good users and good users of that technology I mean if you can if you can troubleshoot if you can assess okay you know here's what's happening with this this thing isn't working all right what are the things that it needs to work what happened last time it was working and you can sort of think through that problem I think you can transfer those skills anywhere I think you can transfer them to anything and look at any any new software and and learn your way around it and I think that that's where 
I think sometimes we don't talk about that enough. We talk about it again as you have to learn the technology. I don't think that that's true. My degrees are not in technology. <laughs> um, my, I, I didn't start that way. I, I learned. I became curious. I became a learner. I wanted to learn more and I learn things every day and I fail at things every day and that's how I learn more about them but it's because I have the ability to think through them and to critically think about them and think okay if I put this here <laughs> what will it do oh okay you know so, so to like oh it'll do that oh it did not do that but it really should have and those are all foundational things that we are still we still should be learning in school and I think um look there there are games that teach young kids programming that don't actually involve computers at all. I have a game that I use with my daughter that it, it, it's cards, it's decision making. It's and then some games, some cooperative learning games that are collaborative decision making. That's where I think, I think that's what students need. I think that that's what will translate into the understanding of their tech. Well, Leslie, thank you for talking <laughs> with me today. You're very welcome, thank you. We've been talking with Leslie Coe, Director of Technology at Cardinal Gibbons High School. And I'm Alex Granados, reporter for Education NC, and you've been listening to Ed Talk. Mm -hmm.